Shut up and sit down. Greetings from the heartland of America, Guthrie, Oklahoma, and Hoboken Coffee Roasters. This is the Bold Leadership Podcast, where we are building bold leaders to solve tomorrow's toughest challenges. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for taking the time. The Bold Leadership Podcast is published every Tuesday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.exsin.co. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud favorites. You can also follow us on Twitter at The Bold Leaders and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. And now, here are your hosts, former Air Force pilot, commander, and business owner Dave Evans with his partner in crime, former combat controller, wealth advisor, and deal maker extraordinaire, Phil Nichols. Let's get into the show. Well, welcome to another episode of Bold Leadership. I am Dave Evans with my co-host and super smart guy, Phil Nichols. And today, we're going to talk about something a little less stressful. That'd be good. <laughs> that'd be real good. After this weekend, I think that'd be great. Yeah, and let's have some fun. And the reality of it is last week, we talked about leaders building bridges. And right. we talked a little bit about how to do it. But what's funny is that we already have all the tools we need. We've just forgotten them. Yeah, I mean, I was actually had a nice conversation with a friend this morning, and we were talking about the weekend's events, and obviously uh, what's on everybody's heart right now is the tragedy in Texas, and obviously our prayers go out to everybody affected by that. It's just a horrific situation, the slaughter of these innocent people. But um, he, he brought up the point that social media, with social media, the news, everything, nobody can get away from anything, and it's... It's tough to love, right? Right out the gate. It's almost like we start every relationship from a position of, I'm probably not going to like this person, but we'll see. And that's a sad deal, you know? So, yeah, I'm glad we're doing light today. And, yeah, there, there are plenty of tools out there. We know what we're supposed to be doing, but we don't do it. And I think a lot of it has to do with because we've became cynical. I think so. You know, we're just cynical. And we got to fix that. Well, I think we just need to go back a few years. Yeah. Remember what we were taught in yeah. kindergarten. Now, now Robert... Fulgren, That's longer for some of us than others, Dave. It, it is. And, and we forget because we get old <laughs> yeah, and we right. get tainted. But we've right. got to stop being so tainted because bold leaders understand what it's like yep. to follow the basic, simple rules you learned in kindergarten. Well, and what's something that we learned early on uh, in the military, Dave? We, we learned that if you're going to be a warrior you got to keep it simple, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's no... The basics, foundational. It's foundational. Yep. To be a great warrior, you've got... To keep things simple, you got to keep things basic, and and most importantly, you got to walk something out. You've got to believe in something. You got to walk it out. So, what did we learn in kindergarten, Dave? Well, Robert Fulgham, and, I, and I'm going to give credit to him because this is a great poem, and we'll talk through this. We won't read it all at once, but he says in the first line, "Most of what I really need to know about how to live and what to do and how to be, I learned in kindergarten." Wisdom was not at the top of the graduate school mountain. Now, that's interesting because yeah. we've talked about five-star recruits, right? Yeah, these guys absolutely. and gals that spend all their money, yeah. best of the best in these schools, but they don't understand that all that book knowledge doesn't necessarily translate into being successful as a leader or a business owner. Right, and I think one of the cool things is we've all met people in our lives that had a – and I go back to some of my father's friends. Some of these guys never went to junior high, never went to school yeah. beyond elementary school. But were some of the wisest people I've ever met in my life. You know, they weren't educated necessarily, but they were extremely intelligent and extremely wise. And I think we put, we, we need to, again, slow down, hit pause, and listen to one another because there's a lot of wisdom out there. 
There, so. there is, there is. So the next thing, uh, but there in the sand pile at Sunday school, these are the things I learned. And the first one, part of Google's eight pillars of innovation, share everything. Share everything. We've talked about with the five star recruits. We've talked, you know, we've talked about this with uh, managers in the workplace. You know, it's amazing how much easier it is to get along when one of the parties starts from a position of being gentle and nice. Absolutely. To the other one. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, and look at, look at our relationships with our spouses. You know, I, I always, I call it talking soft to each other. When you talk soft to each other, a lot of cool stuff happens, you know, in those close relationships. Yep. And it's just a, it's a fact of life that if we share everything and we experience this in our own business, yep. you know, one of the great things about our businesses is that, um, we all, we've talked before about being equally yoked yep. and the fact that we're all equally yoked that have interest in any of our companies, um, is what makes it work so well. I'm always amazed at how quickly everybody in our leadership team or in our ownership team is quick to say, yeah, that's great. But what about you? You know, and that, yep. that's, and that's what makes it work. It's interesting. And, you know, you talk about last night, leaders building bridges, yeah. sharing everything is probably the first principle, because until you go across the aisle to that other leader in your organization and yeah. say, hey, look, we're open to you, whatever you need. How can we help you? Let's figure this out. Let's move forward. You know, you're not going to build those long lasting relationships that grow huge, huge successes down right. the road. Right. So the next thing, obviously, is play fair and don't hit people. <laughs> next two. This uh, was a tough one for me when I was a kid. It really was. To play fair or not to hit people. Yes. I was, yeah, I was that kid. <laughs> yeah, I really was. I was that kid. But, you know, it didn't take long. I ran into somebody that maybe hit a little harder, and he changed my way. So it, it all worked out. That's how it usually works out. Yeah. The interesting thing, and this is playing out in, in the national media, is that we have a country of elitists that think it's okay not to play fair, oh. to break laws, to do things that if any other person in the U.S. did it, they'd spend the rest of their lives in jail. rest of their lives in jail. And, I, you know, and, of course, I'm not going to go into this because I will spin out and stay there forever. Don't but, spin out. Don't, but don't, the, don't go down the rabbit hole. Right. But, the, but, you know, we look at what happened with Bergendahl and, you know, his sentence. And, you know, and granted, we weren't in the – I wasn't there. I didn't hear all the facts and everything. But – I, I did hear enough facts to know the way I was raised that you don't walk out a free person. Um, but anyway, um, you know, there's, there's something to be said for fair play. And there's something to be said for what our country was built on was that everyone was going to be treated the same. It didn't matter if you were extremely wealthy or the poorest of poor or somewhere in the middle where most of us live. Um, we had the same set of rules. And there is an elitist group out there right now that doesn't think that should be true. And I'm going to share this one last thought on this with you really quickly. The interesting thing is as you climb the ladder, mm -hmm. you think you're more entitled Absolutely. To, to a certain level of treatment. I, I saw it as a commander. Like people yeah. walk up and they think they lose their mind, honestly. Yeah. They forget where they came from and who yeah. they are. And they treat people like crap and think yeah. everybody should be working for them instead of with them. If you're a leader of an organization, the first thing you can do is to kill your organization and start being that elitist leader. One of the greatest exchanges I ever saw in the military was there was a certain senator from Colorado years ago that we'd been out in the field for quite some time. And we were tired and we were just wanting to get a shower, go to the mess hall, eat some real food, anything other than an MRE and, and, and go to bed. And this is down in South Central America and this senator from Colorado, who's now retired, she came up and said uh, they wanted to interview a couple of our troopers, and 
And he said, with all due respect, I'm going to go shower, I'm going to go eat, and I'm going to go lay down. And she said, well, maybe you don't understand who I am. And he, and I'll never forget. He looked at her and he said, well, ma'am, with all due respect, don't ever get your rank or your position confused with my authority. <laughs> and I thought, okie dokie. <laughs> so, so it was, you know, there, there's... There is that we see it sometimes with celebrities because that's the one that you that's yep. out there. They'll be getting in trouble with law enforcement, and they'll say, "Do you know who I am?" That's I mean, anytime somebody starts a conversation with, "Do you know who I am?" You're done. You know, in my book, you're that, done. It's time to walk away. So, right. so the next thing, and, and this is probably one of my more more favorite ones, is put things okay. back where you found them and clean up your own mess. And this applies to business because yeah. if you create the mess. Then you need to pick it up. Don't give it to your buddy. Don't give it to a teammate. Don't delegate. If you screwed it up, then you fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm, I really hope Tanya's not listening to this segment. I'm going to have to do more housework. But, but you know, <laughs> there, there's, you know, there is a lot to be said for what you're, what you're discussing is in the, in the workplace, you know, we're going to screw up. That's a given. Everybody's going to make mistakes. Everybody's going to, think that they were doing the right thing and then they get into it and realize, oh, wait a second, this is a colossal mistake. So the, the worst thing you can do is then delegate the problem to clean it up because now you lose all credibility with the people on your team. Um, you, you've got to just suck it up and jump back in there and say, okay, I did this. I'll, I'll, I'll get her cleaned up and we'll make adjustments and we'll move on. But yet yeah, you're right. I mean, it's as, as something as simple as clean up your own mess goes a long, long ways. In business and in life, oh, right? In personal, you could probably argue more for personal life. I know that, and, and, you know, we, our lives are our greatest, are our children's greatest teachers, right, as parents. And I've always said that they're going to figure out soon enough that you're not perfect, so you might as well share your shortcomings early on with these young people because they've got to, with your children specifically, because you can help them navigate those rapids, as we've talked about, of life through your own mistakes. And so we need to embrace the fact that we, yeah, we've mucked up, we've made mistakes in the past, and uh, share those with other people so they'll get better. And help them grow. The same mistake. Yeah, help people grow. Absolutely. Don't take things that aren't yours and say sorry when you hurt somebody. Look, what you know, I was blessed to grow up in a world where we kept locks off lockers, yep. where honor and integrity were part of everyday life. <laughs> right. And today, as I moved away from the military and moved into the real world, you know, people like to take things that aren't theirs and claim it as their own. You can't do that. Mm. It's just wrong. Well, we have this discussion a lot about something as simple as content, because in our professions, you know, content, something we're always looking, we're always reading articles, we're always reviewing other people's stuff because, that, you know, we're learning and, it, and that's true for everybody. But one thing that we was it was again it was that confirmation that our group was was a good fit was there's no way we'll ever take something that's not ours and claim it to be ours because it's just not right. Absolutely, you know, no. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just not right. It's it's not real difficult to cite where you found this or to obviously if it's copyrighted to get permission before you use it and you know do all those types of things. But unfortunately, in today's world, like you said. It seems to be people feel like they're entitled to everything, whether they created it or not. So we've got to, you know, it's 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 a real problem. I need to work on it. So it, the next one was say sorry when you hurt somebody. I think it's yeah. important in business and in life to own what you did to your yep. friends and clear the air, clear right? the air to your teammates, whether you like him or not. Look, you can live life being horribly mad at everybody and be truly miserable, or you can learn to forgive 
and to make amends yep. and live a happy, joyful life as a leader in a company. And you have to if you want to be successful or you'll lose your mind. Yeah, you'll lose your mind. I mean, literally, you will go crazy because there's just too much out there. You know, we get we get inundated from all directions, as we, as we discussed earlier, with people's opinions and their views and and their interpretation of how something really happened. And, and it's very hard to distinguish what's true and what isn't anymore. And it's very hard to... We've created a generation of folks that think that I guess it's weak to apologize when you've messed up or that you're somehow giving up your moral ground if you change your opinion about something. You know, I, One of the coolest things that I think anybody can ever experience is when they go into a relationship or a conversation thinking one way and through really good conversation and discovery, they find out that they were wrong and they change their point of view. There's nothing wrong with that. No. I mean, that's called growth. That's okay. And it, and it happens on both sides. There's times when you have those conversations, you help somebody find out something and vice versa. They'll help you find out things, but don't be so hard headed that you can't acknowledge, Oh, wait a second. Wow. Yeah, that's right. I was, I was wrong. I was wrong. You Perspective know, okay. is an amazing thing. It is. I mean, it, it is. really is. This is my, one of my, <laughs> this one makes me laugh because I'm a teenage boy, and this is pretty much standard. Wash your hands before you eat and flush. Yeah, those are two major things. And so we, we can talk about the bodily function of flushing, but what I'd like to talk about is flushing in a business sense. Yeah. And what that means is when you screw up yeah. and something goes wrong, fix it and move on. Flush it. It's yeah. done. It's behind you. Forget it. Drive on. You know, Fido's a great dog, a great way to live. And, and in life, you're going to make mistakes. You're not perfect. We know you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Um, so when you make a mistake, figure out why you made the mistake and, and put it behind you. Yeah, and that's one of the things that people have probably about as much difficulty doing as anything in the world is to forgive themselves because that's really what we're talking about. Yep. You know, you've got to be able to cause say, you know what, yeah, I got this one wrong, um, but, I've, but I've taken corrective action. I've made amends with the person. If somebody was hurt in the process, you made amends with them. You've owned it, and then you move forward. And the truth is, is most people really respect somebody that's able to do that. So what comes out of that is uh, this newfound credibility and just general likability when you show yourself to be one of those people that can do that. But we've got to learn to forgive ourselves. You know, if, if I, I sometimes use the example of, uh, you know, when we in our society, we will judge a young person. And my, one of my favorite sayings is, is, thank God nobody judged me based on who I was when I was 19 years old or 17 years old or 21 years old. You know, I mean, it's just there, there's, an, there's an evolution that occurs in every individual. Um, it's not always just something, something that people would think we have politically people. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about it, it deep inside who you are. Things change over years. You know, there's, when you have children, a little bit changes. When your children grow up, a little bit changes. When your children grow up and move away, it changes. I mean, when you start having grandchildren, it changes. So there's just a lot of different things that will happen in life <laughs> that will change you. And not to mention just the day-to-day -day stuff of just getting your teeth kicked in sometimes. You know, in business, there's going to be days, uh, you've heard me say this, some days you're a duck, some days you're an eagle. The key is to just be an eagle more than you're a duck and you'll win. Um, but they're, you know, especially type A folks, real competitive folks, they want to be an Eagle every day and that's okay that you want that. And that's what you're striving for. But the reality is, is some days you're going to quack and it's just, that's just how it is. You know, so you've got to, we got to have realistic expectations when we start out in our journey, 
Um, because I've seen, and I know you've seen this, so many people put unrealistic expectations on themselves. And so it never allows them to find a place of peace or happiness or contentment or any of the things that truly lead to a happy, healthy life. I think you know what's coming next because you just kind of do a great job of leading into the next. The next one is warm cookies and milk are good for you. Live a balanced life. And I think you just nailed it with what you just said is, look, we have too many people in this country. We have too many leaders in this country driving their people into the ground and they're not productive. Well, you know, we've, we've preach this to everybody. If you're working your people 60, 70, 80 hours, why? You're going to turn out a bad product. You're going to drive a wedge between you and your people and probably more importantly, your people's families and you and them. I mean, you're doing so much harm. You know, we understand that there's deadlines and things have to get done on occasion. We get that. But if you're one of these people that, that, you know, for God's sakes, go hire some more people. You're going to save money between what you're paying in overtime. I mean, go, go, go hire more people if you need to. But, but you know, d- you, you just you cannot continually it be all any one thing, whether it's all work, 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 or if it's all play, play, play. They're equally dangerous. I mean, you've got to have a balance in your life, and you've got to be able to say, you know, these are my absolutes, and I'm not going past this. Um, you know, be, being realistic with what one person is capable of or what a team is capable of is extremely important as a leader. It is. And, and living a balanced life goes to, you know, you've got to enjoy life to recharge your creative, innovative battery for your company. Whatever that looks like. Right. I mean, you've got to go out and do stuff that decompresses because your mind gets fried and it crunches up into a, a wilted prune and you can't be effective anymore. Well, of course, one of the things we do with our, you know, the folks that join one of our bold advisor boards is we have exercises and activities as groups that we go out and we do. And they're meant to put a little pressure on you. They're meant to help you discover who you are and, you know, where you're going. And, and they're also, um, they're fun. And they're meant you to know, make you laugh at yourself. They're meant to make you laugh at yourself. I mean, you know, some of us are lucky. All I got to do is look in the mirror every morning and I laugh. But I mean, so it's not, it's not, I have a face for radio, right? As people <laughs> remind me, but, but it's just, it's just, um, you know, being able to laugh and to relax and have fun and be self-aware. Those are some beautiful traits and real gifts that you can give yourself. So next in the, in the poem is this, learn some and think some and draw and paint and sing and dance and play and work every day some, take a nap every do every afternoon. You know, this is this poem. Every time I read it, just kind of goes to the core of me of what we've forgotten. Yep. Right? We we teach our kids to be a certain way. We expect certain things out of them, and then when they grow up, everybody expects something different. Yeah, and and it it's ca- it causes challenges, and we could be much more successful as a as a company, as a family, and as a nation if we took our own advice we give to our kids. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything we've discussed so far, I guarantee if you have children, you've said all these things to your kiddos uh, countless times. But I I love this grouping because what it's really saying is, you know, have fun. You know, don't don't go so hard. You know, take a nap. You know, rest when you need to rest. Um, Work when you need to work. Um, But it really captures most things in those three or four simple statements. What, what yeah. I find interesting is that we've had meetings with, with folks to talk to them about how to help them. And the first right. thing we look in their eyes, like, have you slept? Well, have you got any rest? We literally had a, uh, and this is, this one's very near and dear to our hearts. Cause we've got a, 
new client that we met with just last week and he was walking through all the struggles that he has and then and I, I don't know if it was you or I but one of us looked at him and says brother when's the last time you slept we, we both did it separate occasions separate <laughs> I mean, from each other yeah it was just like you got it I mean yeah. you know and, and usually we'll give homework and our homework to him was to go get some rest yep. because it's you know you can get yourself so worked up and you're so worried and you're so all these things another dear friend of mine and client um, you and I haven't even discussed this yet, but his wife came up to us at church Sunday and said, I'm really worried about him and started walking through what he's been experiencing. And, and, uh, he had to go to the emergency room and he's having cluster headaches because of stress, you know, and they're doing a lot of really, they're growing. They've got a fabulous business. They've got a great life. Anybody else would look at it. I mean, most people would want to change lives with them. Right. But he's this type a guy and, it, and that serves him well in many ways. Um, but he doesn't give himself a break and he's just worked himself to absolute exhaustion. He doesn't have anybody to trust. He doesn't delegate. No, he thinks he's got to do everything. Do my everything. Guess. Yep. No, that's, that's a hundred percent correct. Yeah. And, and the scary thing is, is he's aware of that, but we haven't gotten to the place yet where he's ready to take steps to change that. I think this might be it. If getting cluster headaches, and going to the emergency room doesn't help you change something, not much will. Right. I mean, he's, he's got one path if he doesn't change it yeah, and, and it's die. not good. Yeah. yeah it's not die. good. So yeah. no, there's no doubt. Having lived it with my yeah. family, so yeah. I understand that. And then the last part of this fabulous uh, group of lessons for adults as well as children is when you go out in the world, watch out for traffic, hold hands, stick together, be aware of wonder. Um, I can't tell you how many teams I have seen push their teammates into traffic yeah. as opposed to watching out for it. What, what's up with that? I mean, you can't behave that way if you're going to be successful. You know, the, the, this division is fighting with this division, doing this thing to this, these guys. Stop. Knock off the insanity. Exactly. And it is insane. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's working together, you know, especially if you're talking about a private business, right? We love to use the analogy of a pie. There's one pie for every company. And all the cool stuff and all the boring stuff has to come out of that one pie. You got to pay for it. You got to pay the fuel bill. You got to pay the utilities. You got to pay the mortgage. You got to, you got to do all these things out of that pie, but you also get to give salaries and then raises and benefits and better benefits and days off and holidays and all this stuff. It all comes out of that one pie. And so to your point, it's absolutely insane when two groups that are working out of the same pie don't join hands, hold hands and say, let's go get this done. You know, one of the, the early exercises that we both went through is, you know, we had to hold hands with the people around us. And it's just a, there's something about it. You know, my wife, and one thing I'm very proud of in our relationship is, is people that don't know us always think that we've just got married not too long ago because we, I mean, you know, we, we're corny. We hold hands and I open doors for her and, you know, I mean, all that, and, but that's, that's because we've got each other. Yeah. You know, it's not a... You know, it's not anything other than, you know, I'm here for you, you're here for me. And that's that's what you need to work for and towards in the workplace. You know, it's just. Could it's, you imagine if, if we ate a pie, how companies treat the pie? You'd oh have a Lord. piece of salt. Oh. You'd have a piece of filling. Yeah. You'd have a piece of crust. I mean, yeah. how bad would that pie be? It'd be horrible. And, that, and that's, you know, that's It'd a visual horrible. for everybody that's to great. think about. It'd be horrible. I mean, you, you've, got, you've got to intermingle. You've got to get together. You've got to figure out what's true. Well, and it's usually, you know, we've talked about this, but it's almost always the, 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 the most obvious tears in that relationship. Is it seems like it's always involved sales and the administration or depending on the type of company you have, it might be underwriting, it might be operations, but it's always like sales against everybody else. And, 
And and it seems and, and you know, there's obvious initial reasons why there's differences because these are two very different type of people. Sure. I mean, you know, salespeople are wired a certain way and, and operations people are wired a certain way. It doesn't make one better or more important than the other. It just means they're wired differently. And so you need to figure out a way to embrace one another and work with one another, um, which is part of the reason why we love our assessments so much is because it helps us help people get an understanding for who they are, but more importantly, who's the person that they're working with? Who's the person that's eating, got a fork that's eating out of that same pie? And so, you know, we've got to, you know, we've got to, you've got to really believe in the concept of holding hands and being one because the world's too tough by, by yourself. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, it's too tough. The last line, be aware of wonder. This is the, yeah. this is the bold leadership challenge of the week. I want everybody to take two days this week, and at lunch, I want you to turn your phone off. I want you to sit where you can, if it's too cold outside, don't be outside, but sit where you can see outside. I want you to enjoy the room. I want you to look at other people. I want you to have a conversation. Yeah. And see how it changes the way you think and the way you act when you go into your office. Because innovation starts Mm. from seeing the world through a different set of glasses. You know, part of the reason why we love to do our broadcast sometimes from coffee shops is that and we've had this happen on numerous occasions people come up and say hey what, what are you guys doing what, what is that and so you really oh yeah we're listening and you and you know and it's just it leads to those conversations I, I think so I'll give you a, a hint go to a coffee shop and find look around you'll see a group that seems to be engaged in a conversation and try to sit next to them or near them to where you can it's easy for you to say hey that you know I, I'm Phil or I'm Dave or I'm whoever that's really interesting, you know, and because and, people at coffee shops, they want to have conversations. That's why they're there. <laughs> That's why they're there. So it's just a really neat um, place to go to create um, opportunities to meet new people. So with that, that cl- ends out episode 43 of Bold Leadership. It's another one. It's another one done. So we are out of here. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the show. Our show notes can be found at www.exon.co. If you liked it as much as we think you did, be sure to go to iTunes and leave us a review.